I would like to welcome you all very warmly to this weekend retreat at Gaia House. My name is Yanai and this is Kirsten who will be assisting me on this retreat and uh, we're both very happy to be here with you for this time. And uh, I'd like to take some time this evening to speak about uh, what we'll be doing together here over these days and uh, for some of you, you've done this kind of thing many times, perhaps regularly in your life and uh, others of you, this is the first time you're doing something like this at all and uh, I'd like to say to you all, particularly those of you here for the first time, that it's uh, it's wonderful that you've come to do this and uh, explore this uh, environment to be on a retreat in silence and practicing meditation and uh, equally to those of you returning, equally it's wonderful that you're here too and uh, lovely to see many familiar faces I'm seeing around the room and uh, equally lovely to see many new faces. So this is this, uh, what we're going to speak about. Just to say really, I guess uh, both Kirsten and I have been involved in this for many, many years and uh, And no matter how many times I find myself in this moment or in this place of just beginning a retreat, uh, whether sitting a retreat myself or coming to join a group who are going to be practicing for the retreat which I'll be leading, there's just a sense of something, something really fortunate, something really blessed, in fact, about this opportunity that's here, about the situation. And I'm always very aware how there are so many other things one could have chosen to do with one's weekend. And uh, particularly as the sunny weather seemed to appear, sort of uh, with some uh, great appreciation from, I imagine, everyone for it, the sense of uh, sort of spending some time basking in the sun on a beach somewhere might have sort of started to rise in one's mind as a good plan for a weekend. And yet you've chosen to come here. And uh, there might be some time, and perhaps uh, if we're fortunate to enjoy the sunshine, should it continue to appear for us. And yet there's something, I think, very powerful, something very noble in the intention and the aspiration that brings us into a situation like this. And whether that intentional aspiration comes from a very clear and uh, deeply rooted sense of spiritual exploration and interest in plumbing the depths of what is possible for the human heart and mind, or equally whether that is simply coming out of a sense of curiosity and, oh, I wonder what this might be about, whether this situation might offer something, reveal something or touch something that's not been seen or felt in one's heart or one's life before. So what we'll be doing here over this uh, time together is something, something really worthy of having given your weekend to. And I have really given the last 20 years of my life, I would say, to this practice. And 
there's really, I think, nothing I would rather have given it to. So, again, happy to have the opportunity to, to share with you the practice of meditation and the teachings of the Dharma in the time that we have. And what we'll be exploring, we could look at or consider from many different ways, I guess. But essentially it is a response to being alive. What it means, what's useful, what's meaningful as a way of responding to the situation we find ourselves in, to be alive, to be conscious human beings. And in the world at the moment we see the, uh, the way in which so much of what we can at times feel we would rely on or invest in, and that word has a particular resonance at the moment uh, when we think of what we've invested our lives in or what we've invested in, and sometimes see that it doesn't really bear the fruit or the offer the, the results or the reliability that we might have wished from, that uh, we can spend a lot of time in life seeking to establish circumstances and situations externally and around us, and yet find ourselves questioning whether they really offer us the depth of meaning that we seek, or more than questioning, but in fact recognizing and seeing that many things that are really held out to us by the culture we live in, by the sort of the the people we might encounter in our work or families or life, things that are held out to us as being the most important or meaningful in life may not touch that part of us which which is interested, which is curious and which is has a sense of possibility, a sense of potential, which we seek to fulfill through our lives, which we seek to explore through our lives. So coming on a retreat is an interesting thing to do because in some ways it's an invitation to really do nothing at all. This is not, as it might sound, oh great, we're going to get to sort of put out the sun lounges on the lawn after all. Because to do nothing at all is perhaps one of the most challenging things we might ever undertake. Rather than seeking to somehow produce some results from this retreat, rather than seeking to somehow get somewhere as a result of it, or to create something new out of it, what the encouragement will be and what the invitation here is much more is to explore what is actually here. Come to look, come to see, come to know more fully, more directly what the truth of our life actually is. What it's like to be the human being that you are. What it's like to encounter your heart, your mind, your body directly. And this is really what a retreat is all about. The human condition is one that we can encounter or experience as frustrating as a struggle, as a sense of just one disappointment after another, as uh, some wise being once observed. And yet we can also encounter and experience what it means to be a human being as something filled with remarkable mystery, 
as something ungraspable and yet offering to us potential and richness that we perhaps cannot even conceive with our minds and yet which we can sometimes feel a glimmer or sense a sort of a a resonance with somehow in some way in our life that leads us to seek, to look, to explore, to come to understand for ourselves what is possible for us in our lives. And this, however we might experience it or describe it, this is something that I, I believe really moves within us all. For some it may be or appear to be very buried and perhaps not exerting a great degree of pull on consciousness so that it's possible it seems to live one's life without really knowing or contacting that. And yet then suddenly something happens. Something that we had hoped would continue comes to an end. Or something that we'd hoped would never happen takes place. And that shakes us or it touches us or it moves us. And this is, this is part of what it means to be what we are. To be sensitive, to be conscious, to be alive. And a meditation retreat in this weekend will be a time to explore that experience of being sensitive, of being conscious, of being alive. To explore what it means. What is it to be an organ of sensitivity and consciousness? What is it like to encounter our life from a willingness to to learn, to be open? Rather than feeling that somehow we have to always get somewhere or do something, produce some results, you know. Probably already wondering if we haven't done it before, you know, Will I, will I be able to? Any of you have that thought? You know, I don't know if I can do it. You know, a retreat for a whole weekend. Probably some of your friends or family have already told you, oh, there's no way you're going to be able to meditate in silence for a whole weekend. You know, we have those kind of thoughts about success or failure. Or if we've done this sort of practice before, as many of you have also done retreats before, you might be wondering, you know, how far can I get? Will I finally manage to get it together, sort it out? Get my mind and my body lined up just the way I want them to be. And while there's a certain value in that aspiration or that sense of possibility, it's really important not to come with too much agenda here. That within us all are the the seeds, we could say, the the potential, the possibility for, for wisdom and compassion for transformation within the very substance of our lives. And what we'll be doing here is harnessing a certain way of looking at and being with our experience through meditation that enables us to tap into, to touch, to nourish, to cultivate those seeds in such way as they can grow, begin to grow or continue to grow, to 
flower and bear fruit in our lives. So Kirsten now is going to speak a little and then I'll have a bit more to say. Okay, welcome. It's quite something to sit down here in front of you and take this sheer presence of humanness in. It's like, wow. It's quite amazing. So really would like to welcome you here. And just maybe picking up of what Jana just said, taking a moment or so time and really checking in with this place in yourself, the thought, the feeling which actually brought you here. Might be very different for each of you. Might be curiosity, might be a big shoot, I always thought I should have done something like this or there might be real, you know, whatever, longing for something and just maybe feel into this. What brought you here? And acknowledging it, whatever it might be and also as much as possible, which is not easy to drop any expectations you might have. Is this possible? <laughs> maybe this, maybe it's difficult, I don't know. So here we are, wanting, planning, wishing to spend this weekend together and I want to speak a little bit about the framework we would like to create to create basically a safe space for each of us to explore really deeply into what brought us here and, as Jana said, maybe to really question any dear-held beliefs you might have about ourselves, who, you are, who we are and who the, how the world is. It's quite an endeavor maybe. So how do we create a safe space? And basically I see it as like three pillars and one of the pillars is silence and often called in the scriptures noble silence or ennobling silence which I think when I say it like ennobling silence it feels really ennobling rather than I have to be silent. And really giving ourselves this space and this silence to explore within ourselves, to stop permanently engaging with each other. And it will help quieten down our minds, which are normally very, very busy. So for some of you, being in silence might remind you of your childhood when it was, you know, some way of punishing you and things might come up around this. But just then, as much as possible, just letting it drop. It's not about this. It's about giving a gift to yourself and others to actually disengage from our normal conditioned way of relating and looking more inwardly. 
And I find definitely that silence, although it might in the beginning seem quite constrictive, can create an immense space. Makes it much easier to be with a lot of people if it's silence. You know, you can drop a lot of, you know, who you think you are. You don't have to explain yourself. You know, you don't have to tell everyone your life story. And can you feel a relief in it? Oh, I don't have to do this. You know, I can just be silent. Oh, and just see if you can feel this. And in some in some tradition it's very strict like not looking to each other if you if you want to really stay with yourself this is completely fine if you feel like smiling it's equally fine it's not about you know closing down and hardening up but see where you are with it and also be aware that it might trigger off some reactions when you might send out a certain signal and you don't get it back so just be aware you know that this might happen. Okay, ennobling silent. Second pillar are the so-called five precepts or five trainings. And probably those who have said a lot of retreat know them and it's like the thing we have to listen to in the beginning. Mm-mm-mm. But maybe if you have this tendency, just see if you can get some new interest in it. Because I definitely think they're actually very, very profound trainings of the mind. And this is actually how I really like to call them, the five trainings. Going against habitual patterns we might have. Oh, I just do this. You know, It's very quick that we just and really stopping and maybe choosing a different way. So the five precepts are abstaining from taking life because we are aware in this moment, try to be aware in this moment, that this being, whatever this being might be, just wants to live and be happy like we are. So this is equally um, true for insects, spiders, you know, whatever it is. And just really working with it if it comes like this habitual tendency or bother. Ah, stop actually. Let's just see what is going on here. The second precept is abstaining from taking what is not really given. And again, makes complete sense in an environment like this. You don't have locks at the door, you want to feel safe. And it's something which you actually co-create this place to feel safe. We will not take what is not given to us. And it can be something very small, just the, you know, the shampoo which was left in the bath. And again, not making it a moral, a moral thou shalt not, but actually what is happening here? Let's see what is going on here. The third is um, abstaining from false speech. With a noble silence, one might think, not a problem, I won't speak. But see what is going in inwardly. There will be a lot speaking probably going on, you know. 
judgments maybe about oneself, you know, how one is, how one will ever be, you know, just see, you know, where does it get harmful, where does it get harsh? And again, exploring this. And also, of course, you know, great to practice it outside of a retreat environment, very, very insightful and extremely difficult. You know, just the, the pull of a little bit of gossip, it's just something so nice in it, you know, just to play with it. Then sexual misconduct, abstaining from sexual misconduct. So here in Gaia House on retreats, we would like that you don't have any sexual um, conduct. What is the word? What is activity. activity. And again, not like to, not out of a moral problem with it, but just again, you know, to create a, create a safe place. And especially in sexuality, it's like very, very easy to hurt another. So during this weekend, no sexual activity. And again, invitation, you know, play with it around in your life. You know, abstaining from hurting someone through the expression of your sexuality, which is a very beautiful thing, but can be painful. And it's the last one, I think. It's um, taking, abstaining from taking anything which alters your mind. You know, we want to look into our mind. We want to really deeply understand the nature of our mind. So please do not take any alcohol, drugs, and of course, if you are on medication, which you need to continue to to take, take them. This is a different thing. But not having this, following this pull to get a little bit unconscious or make something different happen by taking whatever. And um, I was just reflecting before I came in. Actually, I, I read a really nice way also to see. I mean, not a really... In, re, uh, in relationship with the five pre- precepts, but with right action. Another way to see it, which I think is really, really beautiful, is actually if you would see following the five precepts as something closer to your true nature. Not that you, you know, this is actually closer to your true nature. With following them, you actually bring yourself closer to your true nature. And I found this really beautiful. It's, ah, yeah, actually I align myself, which is deeper and truer, rather than with something which I should be and I'm not. Does it make sense, the difference? It's a very different movement, isn't it? It's like, oh, God, I'm aligning. Oh, wow, that feels good. And there is no... From our side. <laughs> so it's really about, you know, reflecting what you are doing against this, these precepts, against these trainings. And you might discover, actually, if you act against them, the outcome is not more happiness. And this is a very deep insight. It actually doesn't mostly on the long run, actually, always, they don't lead to more happiness. So why? You know, just see this. Can you actually feel it? There's actually 
whenever I don't act upon these, it's a lack of wisdom on my side. That's all it is. It's not because I'm bad or not good enough. Oh, actually, I lacked wisdom there. That's interesting. I want to understand better. So this is just an invitation to, you know, during the weekend maybe play around with different approaches to them. And the last pillar, so we had noble silence, the five precepts, simplicity. It's very simple here. You have a schedule, you know exactly when to be where and what to do. Great, isn't it? You know, you get your meals served. You don't have to make any major decisions. So it's very, very, very simple. And also to keep it simple, to not add anything. So we really encourage you, turn off your mobiles. Like, I think 10 years ago it never had to be said on retreats, but... You know, we could live once upon a time, we could live without them, actually. And we still can do so. Turn them off. And if you have to make any calls to finish any business before you can start to do them tonight, turn them off, put them away. Also, refrain from too much reading. It's really about experiencing directly. It's not about intellectually acquiring some knowledge. So it's not, it's this weekend, it's not about dismissing reading, but it's this week, as much as possible, refrain from reading. Do not use the library. Again, just keeping it simple. And simply which is not very easy, show up. And again, not as you have to be here, but you know, I, I, I think Jana wrote in the retreat description of simply being present. Being present means showing up. And I mean it more, show up to yourself, really, as much as possible. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to sit here, but show up and see the tendency where we want to not show up. Yeah, I think that's it. Is there something to the list of, no? Okay, so I wish you a wonderful retreat and welcome. Microphone is uh, something we've been working on for years and there's still not quite a way to get it exactly perfect. Uh, I think it's about the right distance away. But I uh, just want to check, is that... Uh, is, is the sound coming through right at the back? Still? Yeah. Good. It always annoys me when it makes that thumping, bumping noise when I try and move it. I think, hmm, how could we not have that happen? And it's been happening... For years and years and years. And probably we all have little things like that in our lives, don't we? There's little things which we would just really like if they could be different. If they didn't have to happen quite this way, surely there's a simple solution to all those things, isn't there? Haven't you, have you ever thought about this in your lives? Now, um, 
when we entitle a retreat the path of peace and peace and happiness one might come along thinking oh that sounds good that sounds like what i'm up for i could do with some more of that in my life and uh of course, the experience that we might have on a retreat, even of that rather, well, maybe attractive title, maybe that's not why you came here, but uh, for those who it may have had some influence, it's easy to imagine that peace and happiness would be somehow the result of everything being comfortable and in accordance with how I prefer things to be. It's a compelling and attractive argument. And one of the things we'll have the chance to explore here is the the very real truth that true peace and happiness comes not out of a certain set of circumstances. It doesn't arise from being able to control or manipulate the world or ourselves or those around us to somehow be the way we would like them or like ourselves, to be. True peace and true happiness arises from our willingness to encounter our life unconditionally, to meet what is arising consciously with an open heart and with an interest to explore and to learn. And this this truth underlies the basic orientation of meditation, and in fact is really the foundation of how this practice is so transformative. Although there are many techniques and forms and ways we can engage in what we call meditation, essentially, at its heart, meditation is about discovering the transformation that takes place for us when we can allow ourselves to meet our life our experience, what we call or conceive as ourselves, and the world. To meet all of that from a place of steadiness, of openness, of interest, and of kindliness. And the the journey of meditation is essentially the journey of exploring for ourselves what that asks, what that requires. Having a, a foundation, as, as Kirsten was, was speaking about just now, of, of silence, of simplicity and of precepts, allows there to be a space in which we are safe to explore, in which we can allow ourselves to be vulnerable, to perhaps enter into territory that's unfamiliar, or explore something that we maybe don't necessarily understand where it will take us before we go there. And that takes some degree of courage, takes some degree of patience. And many, in fact, good qualities of heart and mind are called forth by this journey. And in terms of just some context for this, What we're going to be doing here, or what we are doing here, is something that people such as ourselves, women and men, around the world and throughout all ages, 
have found themselves drawn or moved to do. So although it may look a little strange or unusual, these days it's becoming more and more sort of familiar in our culture to encounter meditation or spiritual teachings or images drawn from it. And these teachings and practices coming from the teachings of the Buddha, who was a human being who lived over two and a half thousand years ago, whose life was in some ways different, but in other ways not at all so different from our own. And who, encountering the challenges of what it means to be alive, committed himself to exploring, to seeking, understanding, wisdom, and the fulfillment of his human potential. And in his journey, in the remarkable and profound discoveries that he came to, he he shared what he learned, what he understood with others. And they have shared what they learned with others and through the generations and the centuries, these teachings, this wisdom that is born of human experience, that is born of the capacity of the human heart to awaken, the human mind to awaken. That this is is here available for us to share and to practice. And it really comes down to a a very simple orientation in line with what I spoke of a few minutes earlier around what really brings peace and happiness. When we orient ourselves towards meeting our experience as it is, when we're willing to open ourselves to our life without putting demands or conditions upon it or upon ourselves, we bring ourselves very close to something remarkable and profound that is equally rather ordinary and natural and normal and familiar at one level to us all and yet equally unfamiliar and that we may not necessarily have ever quite noticed what it is to be conscious and awake and alive despite the fact that we all are our entire lives. So if we reflect on our lives and on the world around us, we can see there's an immense amount of busyness, an immense amount of stress, an immense amount of pressure and activity that takes place. And here, we can step out of all of that. We can give ourselves a profound and remarkable gift. And this is really the invitation of this retreat and of meditation practice. To step out of the momentum of our lives, the busyness and the stress, requires us to make a firm and yet gentle effort to be conscious, to be present, to be awake in the midst of our life and in the face of whatever our life is bringing to us. And to trust in our life equally, to trust that where we are, 
that what we're encountering, both in our life circumstances, but equally in our meditation practice, whatever it is that we're encountering, there's something here to be learnt. There's a foundation here for, for growth in this situation, in this condition, in this circumstance. It's not about getting to somewhere else or becoming someone else or having any other experiences than the experiences you'll have here. And to begin to see and sense and know for ourselves that in and through all experience, the potential for satisfaction, for happiness and the peace that we yearn for, understandably, that we yearn for in our hearts, is here. It's not removed from us by anything. And yet which we maybe have not yet fully understood how to receive. So we could describe meditation practice as learning to receive the peace, the happiness, the space and the well-being that is already here without denying or negating or discounting that there may of course be real challenges here also. There may maybe those amongst you carrying really painful conditions into this weekend from your lives, whether recent or over long periods. And that that asks a real tenderness and compassion from us to be able to hold that, to be able to include that. And a wisdom to understand that even those conditions that may weigh upon our hearts or challenge our bodies or our minds with various difficulties, that even these can be included in such a way that they do not bind or limit us. And that we can understand them as providing us equally as any other experience with an opportunity to learn and to awaken. So meditation is essentially about being awake in the face of our habit and our tendency to be asleep. This shift, this reorientation towards being awake, towards being curious and interested in our experience, open to whatever it might be. This is the primary and fundamental shift that transforms the worldly life into the spiritual. It's not about some grand experience or some mystical attainment. But when we are no longer so invested in manipulating or controlling what's going on, and we're willing to just look at it and see what it is that's happening. And in order to do this, of course, we have to we have to recognize, we have to meet the, the habits of our own mind that are reflected in the world around us. And the ways in which we demand, the ways in which we resist. The ways in which we 
disconnect from what's going on. And these may be words that have some resonance for you or you can relate to, or they may be, it doesn't sound like, you know, the guy up the front's talking about me. Well, that's fine if that's not the case. Then uh, what's interesting is to see, well, what is true for you? Because I'm not trying to give you any kind of uh, statement of what your experience is or should be, but really frame it in a way that may be useful. And this is something that we'll, of course, uh, return to and speak about more during the weekend. But that sense of, what is it like to just give yourself to right now? Body might be a little tired or uncomfortable. It's okay, we won't be here too much longer in case you're concerned. And if you need to make some adjustment to your posture well, while I'm speaking or equally at times during the meditations, that's alright. That's allowed. So one or two of you mentioned in your forms that you were a bit concerned about whether you'd be able to sit still for a long period of time. It'll be okay. You'll be able to move if you need to. And yet, here we are. Each of us, on our own, and yet together. It's a rather fortunate circumstance to have companions in this situation. We will be a community for this weekend together. We may not be having conversations in the way we're familiar with, although there will be opportunities for speaking. We'll be having uh, interviews and small groups with you and you'll all have the opportunity to meet with either Kirsten or myself over the next couple of days. And there'll be, as you've probably already guessed or noticed, it's not requiring a great degree of observation to recognise that silence doesn't mean that somebody else won't be speaking because uh, we'll have a bit to say here at the front. And uh, Silence equally doesn't mean an absence of noise or sound, but uh, a way in which we step back from our engagement in it. And yet the true noise isn't even the the conversation that we might overhear when the uh, staff are working in the kitchen or the sounds that may come to us. The real noise, if there's any noise to be addressed in the silence, is the, the tendency we have in our mind to sort of take up arms against what's going on, to battle, to fight, to demand. And to see that we can learn to put that habit down. We don't have to judge or condemn ourselves for what goes on in our inner lives, but we can learn to transform it, to free ourselves from the unhelpful and unsupportive habits born of years and decades of practice. They take a little while sometimes to relinquish. But inner peace and Freedom is something that is possible for us all. To begin to have a taste of and to begin to trust in that for ourselves. So in meditation practice we again and again come back to just where we are. Turn our attention to just what is going on. Begin to reflect upon it or frame it through the lens of that 
simple invitation to just meet what is here consciously and to see that our habit and our tendency of trying to fix it or manipulate it or change it is something we don't have to be compelled by or bound in. So we've been sitting for quite some time and uh, it might be useful at this point to just have a short period of meditation together. But before we do that, um, it might also be useful to move our bodies. So I'd like to invite, for those of you who would wish to, stand up and just take a moment to stretch or bend or move in some gentle way. Please don't don't go too far, but... uh, I mean, as an out-the-door, don't go. Ah. And just as you do that, uh, being attentive and in contact with your body, how it feels. You may have chosen to stay sitting, that's fine, and what it feels like to just move your body. I could tell you all a whole lot of things you could do with your body, but... I kind of imagine you probably have some sense if you listen to your body what it might like to do and you can just notice where it feels stiff or tight or maybe you want to sigh or breathe or shake a little sometimes we notice the fullness of our week or our life is somehow in the body. So also if you discover that you might need a cushion or two more, just go into the back and get some more. And when you feel that you've done what you need to do, just take a moment to stand still, or if you're sitting, sit sitting still. We can sometimes get the idea that meditation is all about sitting cross-legged on the floor. and Although that's one of the ways we can practice meditation, that's not really what meditation is about. And as we just allow the movement to come into stillness, noticing what it's like to bring your attention into your body, standing or sitting just as you are. To be in direct contact with your experience right here. And noticing what that's like. How your body feels. Whether light and bright or dense or heavy. Soft or or maybe it doesn't feel much at all. Yet just having a sense of being present right here with this experience. Noticing what it's like to just, for now, put down the thoughts of what's been going on, the journey to get here, your week at work or at home or 
events that have taken place and are sort of still with you, just allowing them to be gently released and equally putting down any thoughts about what's going to happen, what will this retreat be like, you know, what will my roommate be like, what will breakfast be like. Start thinking about the future so quickly, so easily. And yet, just right now, what's this moment like? What's it like to be here? Can you meet yourself just as you are right here? And relax. While still being interested. And now I'd invite you to consciously and attentively and slowly take a seated position. And taking a few moments just to feel your body as you change the posture from standing to sitting. Or if you're continuing to sitting, just noticing what it's like right now for you. Establishing a posture that's reasonably upright. So you're not sort of slumping or slouching and yet not being rigid about that either. So allowing there to be some softness in your body, a sense of ease or relaxation, while at the same time upright. Noticing what it's like where your body rests upon the floor through the seat or the cushion or the bench, whatever you're sitting on. Noticing what it's like where your feet or your knees or your legs touch the ground. Sense of being connected with the earth, with something solid on which you can rest. And from that sense of being grounded and connected, allowing the body to be upright and open. Noticing if there's tension in the face, around the eyes or the mouth, the jaw. You can just gently allow that to release so far as it does without forcing or trying to make it do so. Noticing also with the shoulders and the neck. Just invite them, allow them to release, to soften. Allowing the chest to be open, the belly soft. So the breath can 
flow easily in your body. And bringing your attention into contact with the experience of breathing in your body. Just noticing how and where you experience that movement of sensation as your body breathes in, as your body breathes out. And if you don't feel able to contact or sense that experience in your body right now, particularly if you're doing this for the first time, you're new to meditation, it can sometimes be useful to just gently bring the open palm of your hand softly into contact with your belly or the breastbone, sternum. And just notice what happens as you do that. Just a way in which it gently amplifies the sensation of breathing. And if you find that useful, you're very welcome to to sustain that contact for some time, but it's not required, just if you find that useful. Otherwise, just sensing this experience of breathing. We use breathing in this meditation practice as a way of gathering and focusing the attention. Allowing ourselves to relax into being conscious and present. And awake where we are. And as we do this, what quite ordinarily and normally happens is that at some point our attention is drawn away. We find ourselves starting to think about something or hearing or feeling some other experience. And when you notice that that's taken place, simply acknowledge it, it's fine that that's occurred. And bring your attention back to the breath. Bring your attention back into your body. The breath and the body are right here, right now. And as such, provide a a refuge for us and an anchor to which we can always return. Without needing the breath to be any particular way. Being sensitive to and mindful of breathing in. Being aware and conscious of breathing out. And so we'll sit together for a few minutes longer, simply practicing in this way, consciously in contact with the experience of breathing in and breathing out, 
reconnecting with this experience whenever we notice we've been drawn away. <laughs> 